everybody, welcome to Off the Cup ABQ. I'm Diana Vargas, and you are listening to the hottest, newest local talk radio for New Mexico. Off the Cup ABQ is the next level of conservative talk radio, and it's not for the easily offended. Thanks for tuning in. Let's take it off the cuff. You're listening to Conservative Talk Albuquerque, KDAZ 96.9 FM, 700 AM. Everybody, it's Freestyle Friday. Today is Friday. It's Freestyle Friday. What does Freestyle Friday mean? That means we we promote New Mexicans, whether you're a small business, candidate, or a singer, songwriter, author. Don't let the cost of advertising hold you back. Off the cuff has your back. And we have a little bit of a backlog, yeah, Loretta? We got Comadre Loretta in, in, the, in, in the booth today. She says we have a little bit of a backlog. So that means we have a list of people writing into us. Don't forget to write into us off the cuff, abq.com. We do not subscribe to Nielsen ratings, but KDAZ, it's been on the air for more than 50 years. It's in its third generation. And if it did not have a listenership, well, we wouldn't be on the air. Off the cuff, abq.com. Go there. Don't forget to tell your friends and family about us. We're broadcasting here from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and we have Doña Anna in the house. Her name is Isabella Solis. She is a candidate for lieutenant governor, and she's on fire. If you remember right after the, the block party that we had on September 4th, I aired a series of speeches, and, and hers was among them, and she was on fire. The one thing that I remember that stuck out, the one thing that... That was just super profound. She said something like, in this hour, in this hour, it will not be about Democrats or Republican. It will be about we the people. And I kind of have that uh, just stuck on the mind. I'm super blessed, super honored that she is here. We're going to get to her in a minute. And she is on fire. So if you're looking for change, New Mexico, it's uh, it's time to get registered. It's time to start um signing petitions it's time to start investigating who these people are who are running because the same dominating party for 90 years well let's just say that it's made us dead last for the last 90 years probably the last 100 years so as always crime crime all the time in albuquerque we have way surpassed the 58th body that has fallen from the sky we got domestic violence happening we got gasoline being poured on people and poof up in smoke just like this she died like two days ago domestic violence they issued a warrant we got another man who basically threw his two-year-old out put her on top of the trash not even inside the trash she wasn't even good enough to go inside the trash so this is what we have here in albuquerque new mexico albuquerque new mexico is no stranger to violence whatsoever it is not a matter of if but a matter of when you will become the next victim so don't be a victim because currently we have the 2016 bail bond reform lie happening and what that means is that currently you can go out and you could commit a crime you can go before a judge and they're going to let you out. They're going to put what, the, what you call those little ankle mo- uh, monitors. But make no mistake, those ankle monitors are monitored by nobody. So in other words, you can go out and then commit another crime and then maybe decapitate a body and then play soccer with it at a park like how the one guy did in Doña Ana County, which is Las Cruces, New Mexico. City of Crosses, I think, is what it translates to. So if crime is on the top of your ticket for leadership, 
you might want to look at your candidates. We have the mayoral candidates coming up. Um, if you want some of the same old, same old where crime has risen, homelessness, lack of jobs, and countless other things, then by all means, vote for Tim Keller. He is on his fourth year in leadership and has decided now to come out with a 584 hundred thousand point crime thing just kidding it doesn't even matter he's had the last four years to do it i don't care if it's 1.4.5.16 point whatever i think he's off point because the point is we still have a bunch of crime something like this so we have isabella solis she is in the house she traveled all the way from Doña Ana, which is Las Cruces, the city of crosses, with her beautiful campaign ma uh, manager, did not realize how beautiful these two women are. I'm both from New Mexico. You're from New Mexico, too? Yeah, so I'm super lucky today, super blessed to be in the house with two strong women from New Mexico. We'll be right back. Stay there. Don't go anywhere. Hello, New Mexico. This is Mario Montoya with Casa Montoya Realty. When it comes to buying or selling real estate, you need professionals that can guide and educate you through the transaction process. Casa Montoya Realty provides realtors that assist from start to finish, making sure that your real estate transaction is as smooth as possible. As the exclusive Homes for Heroes brokerage in Albuquerque, we are here to give back to our hero buyers and sellers. Call 505-681-3125 or email mario at casamontoyarealty.com to register and for more information. New Mexico's violent crime rate is skyrocketing and the murder count in Albuquerque is at historical highs. Yet judges have released many of hardened criminals. Many are violent repeat offenders back onto our streets because of loopholes created by recent bail reform measures. If you want a safer New Mexico, go to the website mañanamejor.com. Get involved. Do it today. That's mañanamejor.com. Golden Equipment Company, finding innovative solutions. We are a full-service heavy equipment Volvo dealer offering sales, parts, service, and rental. Locally owned for over 35 years, we're proud to be a part of your community. Our dedicated and certified crew will help keep you productive and efficient. Come see us at any of our three locations, Albuquerque, Farmington, and Durango, Colorado. Check us out on social media or visit our website, goldenequipment.com. We look forward to helping you with your next project. Welcome back to Off the Cuff ABQ. I'm your host, Dinah Vargas, and in-house with us is the beautiful Isabella Solis. She is running for lieutenant governor of the great state of New Mexico for 2020. Is this when the 2022, 2022 2020 was, was the fallout? I remember this. I ran for office and to yeah. no avail, but I'm on the air, same platform about faith, family, freedom. Isabella, she is the daughter of a migrant worker and the oldest of eight children. Her parents taught her the value of hard work and instilled a determination to be of service to her community. And that's it at the end of the day when you're running for office. It has to be about service. Her daddy always says that leaders that a leader's real test is how you handle the issue. It is rising to the moment in a crisis you've never planned for. Isabella is an advocate for her family growing up, her dad a second grade education, her mother sixth grade education, her father came up through the trenches and built a family business in the cotton industry. You know, oddly, I've had family that picked cotton before too. Welcome, Isabel Solis. Good morning, Dinah. I guess it's still morning, right? Or 
It may be good afternoon now. Is after twelve, right? It's morning somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Thank you for having me. I'm excited Absolutely. about being on your show today. Absolutely. Um, actually, this was a highlight of the entire week. I'll be real kind of honest with you. So, Lieutenant Governor, what is it that a Lieutenant Governor does? What's the job of a Lieutenant Governor? That's a really good question, Dinah, because uh, as I talk to constituents across the state of New Mexico, they continually ask me, what is it that you're going to be doing? They don't really understand the role of and the responsibility of a lieutenant governor. So the roles and responsibilities of a lieutenant governor, the duties is to fulfill, it is fulfilled by legislative statute to serve as the president of the New Mexico Senate. They act as a uh, the governor when the governor is out of state by providing constituent services and any other services that may be needed the lieutenant governor serves several boards commissions uh, council they also serve as a member of the governor's executive cabinet the lieutenant governor is also an ombudsman to the citizens working to facilitate and promote cooperation and understanding between the people and some of the state agencies, um, state government, and some of those boards, Dinah, that they serve on, or some of those boards, I should say, that I will be serving on will be the State Board of Finance, the New Mexico Border Authority, New Mexico Children's Cabinet, Community Development Council, Military Base Planning Commission, Mortgage Finance Authority, New Mexico Spaceport Authority and New Mexico Youth Alliance. So these are some the of the boards. boards. Yeah. So these are the boards that, as a lieutenant governor, I will be serving on, other than just presiding or being the president of the Senate. Right. Right. And president of the Senate is pretty important as well. These are it's it's a big role. It's it's lieutenant governor, but it's the second highest ranking office in the great state of New Mexico. Um, obviously, finance, border authority. Right now, we have a surge at the border. Um, there's a crisis happening at the border beyond what the federal government is going to do. You have an opportunity to intercede and and be of, of an authority there. The Children's Cabinet, we have a bunch of children being brutalized by their parents. These are the kinds of um, issues you would be dealing with on a daily basis. And I'm looking forward to working with the community to see how we can address some of these concerns that we have or some serious issues, I should say. Right, right. This isn't the first time you've ran for office, but it's also not the first time you've ever won. You've sat, you've won, you've ran a campaign, you've won, and you've, you've sat on an elected position, correct? Yes, I am a former Doniana County Commissioner. I was actually the chairwoman of Doniana County, uh, and when I spoke to Mayor... Ken Miyagashima, who's the mayor in Las Cruces, mm -hmm. we were, you know, sharing information. He is the mayor. And then he said, Commissioner Solis, you just don't realize as the county chairwoman, she says, you are really the mayor of the county if you look at it that way. Right. And that's your position. So I was really fortunate to be able to serve as the chairwoman of the county. Right, right. And you've served your county well. Yes, and, I did. Yes, yes, yes. And, and here you are again running an initiative. Also, some of your... What are some of your um, other agendas if you were to or when you become elected as lieutenant governor that um, that you would roll with? Is it voter integrity? Or is it anything off of these boards that 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 you've discussed? So, Dinah, I think that uh, as a county commissioner, I was very uh, instrumental in some of the projects that I was able to get forth as a commissioner. You have to be able to work across, you know, I would have to say across the aisle with my 
with my colleagues. So I was able to spearhead a $10.2 million road initiative for Doniana County, working with the other commissioners. I um, worked with the commissioners to talk about the crisis triage center that was built before my time that sat dormant for a number of years. I was instrumental in getting that up and running. I was really proud of the fact that it is now uh, in operation, a 24-7 facility, and uh, it addresses behavioral health. And so that was important to the community, so we finally got that going. And one of the things that, uh, as a commissioner, some of the constituents were concerned about the county not having an internal auditor. Well, you may think that's a small thing and it's not that important, but the county did not have an internal auditor for eight years, and that was before I became a commissioner. So I was actually on a mission with these projects. I thought it was important. If it was important to my constituents, then it became important to me. And so the county finally hired an internal auditor I think that was that's really important to have checks and balances, accountability, and transparency. Yeah, absolutely. Because transparency, it's one of those things that all citizens want. Um, it's also written in the New Mexico Sunshine Laws, meaning that we have the right to an open government because that's what makes us a free society. Open government, meaning open records, except for the exception of two, but secrecy is always the um, the exception, not the standard, whereas transparency is supposed to be the standard. So I just really appreciate you talking on the fact of transparency because it, uh, transparency affects citizens in every level of government, even if it's simply the school board, which is probably lower on the, on the rank than governor, lieutenant governor, something like this. But all forms of transparency is, is always super good. So just sidestepping just a little bit. So what was it in your heart that made you want to run for lieutenant governor and serve um, at the second highest ranking position ever in, in New Mexico? Uh, that's a great question, Dinah. I'm happy to answer that. Um, I feel that uh, as the chairwoman of the Doniana County, I've gained experience on how, how to run you know, the commission. So that gives me experience to run the Senate in Santa Fe. And I should be able to work across the aisle with senators and House representatives to be able to have you know, a good decorum going forward. It's really important. So I, as a lieutenant governor, am running because I want to be part of the solutions that we need and not the problems that we have. I am also intending to be the chief spokesperson to address the corruption that is going on and the cynicism that we have in Santa Fe right now. So that's one of the reasons. And uh, the other is the fact that being an advocate for my family at a very young age, you know, being the oldest of eight, helping my mom with those kids, I've always had to work with my parents, like you said earlier. My dad had a second grade education. My mom had a sixth grade. So I was always, you know, being part of that advocate for my right. family and so as a lieutenant governor I will be a facilitator for our state and being that chief spokesperson that people need people need to see that the lieutenant governor is not a position that oh well whatever they may look at it as it's meaningless but to me the office is something that you make it right and I intend to make it an office where people feel comfortable coming and talking to me about their issues, their concerns, whether they have issues with uh, any agency across the state of New Mexico, uh, I wanna be available to address those concerns for our communities. Absolutely, absolutely. 
<clears throat> and you'd make a great lieutenant governor because I kind of see you as as the type of lieutenant governor that wouldn't take no for an answer. If there's something that needs to be done, you're just kind of the type that's going to go and take the charge, period, end of story. That, that might just be opinion, but um, it's sort of an example of what I've seen you because I've only known you uh, a very short time, I would say maybe two years uh, from from officially meeting you in person. I believe it was in Doña Ana County at some event, and I was touring the 33 counties with the Republican Party. I was a new Republican at the time, and um, until Republicans kind of stole my heart, just kidding. It was a life issue for me, as yes, we discussed before. And so um, I really see you getting, um, I don't know, for lack of a better word, your hands dirty inside these issues because... Equally, when I uh, when I heard you give the speech on September 4th, you were talking about like the time is now and it was of such urgency that it just really spoke to my heart. And I understood that time is of the essence in order to get all of these things taken care of. And it's not even, you know, correcting like from a, a hundred years ago to now. It's simply just doing the right thing for the right reason. Principle over power is sort of what I heard from you in your message. So, Dinah, I'm, you know, fully committed to what I'm doing, even with my campaign. I, I'm committed until the very end. Mm -hmm. And uh, the way I see things is when I spearheaded that $10.2 million road initiative for Doniana County, I pulled in key people. I called Mary Kay Papin. I called uh, the former John Arthur Smith to the table, and I asked them, how can we go forward because Doniana County needs roads paved you know, constituents are asking for roads to be paved. So therefore, the constituents said, Miss Elise, you know, we've been waiting for well over a decade for a berry patch to be paved and nobody's anything about it. So I was on a mission. Right. So that's how I spearheaded that initiative to be able to get roads paved. They said, this road looks like an arroyo. We need to do something about it. <laughs> so it was important to them. So it was important to me right. to be able to get those things done. And, um, I'm excited about what I'm doing. This is a, a commitment that I've made, and I appreciate my team also being committed to being able to help me push this initiative forward as lieutenant governor in all of my policies I, I believe in. Absolutely, absolutely. And might be the woman to get it done, too, because for far too long, I, I'm, I'm trying to think back. Um, even now, it took me a minute to, you know, I asked myself, I said, who is a lieutenant governor now? And then it came to me who it was. And then who was the lieutenant governor before that? Who was lieutenant governor before that? And so lieutenant governors matter. And a lot of times, you know, while it, while it would appear at least, you know, the last couple of lieutenant governors, nobody really knows who they are. I've never really seen them around. I don't even remember seeing them even during elections. And I get that I'm a little more hands-on as far as candidates and stuff like that because of the type of work that I do. But I think lieutenant governors could be super exciting and they could probably get a lot of stuff done considering where they're at at the, at the top of the food chain. Well, and I think that my uh, service to uh, serving the Federal Emergency Management Agency, I work for FEMA, and I was instrumental in providing disaster recovery services following Hurricane Katrina and assisted families who lost their homes 
and uh, moving them into direct housing. That was my mission right. uh, as part of FEMA. So assisting families and helping is, I believe, is in my nature. Uh, I my degree as my bachelor's degree is in social work. I love working with people, and I think that was just kind of instilled from a very young age. Right. So I like to be able to see things to the complete end, whether I can do it or not. And I will provide you an answer and I'll tell you, this is a reason I can't do it. So how can we fix it? Right. Absolutely. You've also worked, um, you were a member of the retired senior volunteer program and on, at the advisory level. So it's, it's all about service. Like your entire background is literally service, serving seniors, serving, uh, those who have been displaced through housing, um, the CARES program, you were instrumental in work there, and then getting people a paved road so it didn't look like the Arroyo. <laughs> and sometimes government leaves us like that. You, you know, you're like, you're literally in an Arroyo. Maybe not a literal one, but it feels like it. You're like, how the heck are we going to get out of this mess, you know? So, um, again, I appreciate your uh, your hands-on. So, you're a mother? you a mother? Yes. Yes. How, uh, yes, of course I am. Yes. How many children do you have? I have two. Two? Yeah. Actually, my husband and I have five all together. All together. Yes. Okay. And and that was my next question. Yes, you're married. Yes, you're uh, married. Yes. I am married. Yes, I am. And my husband um, was born and raised in Las Cruces. He's never lived anywhere else. The only time that he literally lived anywhere else was when he was a Marine. <laughs> <laughs> so he served the United States Marine Corps. Right. He uh, retired from the Department of Corrections, and he's currently a federal officer at the Federal Building in Las Cruces. Okay, great, great, yes. You guys make a really good couple. Um, he also attended the block party. He escorted you down here, and um, it was an emotional night. I know that you lost your brother, um, and you got that call on the way over, and so again, just publicly, my condolences to you, because I could feel your pain from there, and... Um, but uh, but your speech was still one for the records. I still can't get it out of out of my head sometimes, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah, real good. it was a very trying time. You know, I was looking forward to the event. Uh, it was raining. Remember, mm -hmm. it was raining, and no and one left. <laughs> that's right. Nobody <laughs> no left. left. <laughs> nobody left. But it was raining, and I got the call at 3 p.m. that you know he was gone, and so I really got angry with um, COVID-19. Yes. And you know, but as leaders. We can't lead by fear. Right. So I pursued my journey in the midst of my pain. Right. To say, you know what? It's not about red or blue, but it's about our country mm -hmm. and we the people. In that moment. In that moment is how I felt. Yes. I'm not trying to get emotional. No, but no, I get it. My heart. <clears throat> I get it. No, no, it's 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 tough. So that's it. So emotion emotion can fear you or fuel you but it can't ever put fear in you and that's it at the end of the day you know i was uh listening to a sermon and like i said you know i'm i'm uh, baptized i was born democrat and baptized catholic is the way i like to explain it to people because it's new mexico it's like my great-grandfather owned a chevy my granddad owned a Chevy. My dad owns a Chevy. I own a Chevy, and my son owns a Chevy. And I own a Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> and Isabella owns a Chevy. But it, it's about being fearful and then fearless, as in, um, like, God-fearing. Like, like I feel like I'm, I'm more of a God-fearing woman now, today, than I was even three years ago, because I don't, I don't let things uh, make me afraid. I mean, if, if they're there, they exist, if, whether it's death or anything else, because, you know, death spares nobody. Right. It, spare, it spares nothing. But to be God-fearing 
is a whole other kind of platform. And I, and I really feel like that journey with God will get you there and make you a leader and, and then require you to read the Bible and see what's proper for yourself, for faith, for family, and for freedom. Because uh, to be fearful of everything is to shut the county down, is to shut the, uh, the state down, is to put a mask on the entire time, to stand in the corner and be quiet and not say anything, and just to comply even when, when maybe in your gut you know you probably shouldn't be complying. Well, I would have to comment on that, Dinah, that uh, shutting down the state and our counties. Uh, I have to give the governor credit at the very, very beginning. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe she did the right thing. We've never experienced this before. It was all new to all of us. Well, maybe not to all of us, right. but uh, it was new for, for many people across the state. And I think she did the right thing. But after she began to abuse those executive orders, I think that that's where she was wrong. We, the people, should have those rights and we should not be mandated or ordered to do certain things as, you know, masks, right. vaccines, and right. those kind of things. Right. It's like all of a sudden, my body, my choice just flew right out the window. And I said, what? Yes. <laughs> and then you could see the hip, uh, hypocrisy. Yeah, I would have to agree with you, too. It, it was a little unknown. And then I remember going to, like, the big box store, and there's just everything's empty. And then you knew what was junk because it still remained on the shelf. I said, that must be no good for you. That's no good for you because it was still there on the shelf. And then so I picked up like a couple of boxes of noodles and then because I was going to go and, and, and do what everybody else is doing. And I said, eh, push the cart away. And I walked down. I said, I'm not going to do it because I couldn't. I didn't even know what to buy. I mean, like if I was going to go <laughs> in a shelter or something underground, I said, I I'm just going to see what happens. You know what I mean? Because I, I couldn't imagine just filling a cart full of stuff that I did not need. Well, it just created a lot of fear for people, mm -hmm. you know, and kept them inbound. And uh, that, that was that was seems to me like the goal. Right. To create the fear in, in, in the people. But, you know we still have to move our economy forward absolutely you know we still have to go back to work we still have to provide for our families so we cannot live in a in a world where we're all shut down with all these mandates you know telling us when and how right i think my biggest fear was standing in a line <laughs> so going all the way down aisle five and i said eh. take my chances just kidding just being funny so what else, Isabella? Well, um, I'm running for lieutenant governor because I intend to be able to pass some reform to insist on accountability. And we kind of touched on that earlier. I think that, for instances, a lot of government uh, officials use their office improperly. Mm -hmm. And we've had that situation happen. So I think that we need more accountability and more transparency. And that's really important for our community, for someone to abuse an office. And then, you know, now they have what? Uh, 26 counts against them so it's important that we continue to monitor to be, continue to have accountability of our politicians and I honestly feel that what we have in Santa Fe politicians that are running our state without principles they're destroying mm. our state and our country and that's what we have I believe in this hour Dinah that the people of New Mexico are not looking for another politician that can create a program, that can tell you this program's gonna work. People are looking for statesmen. 
A statesman is someone that is concerned about their history, someone that's concerned about their culture, someone that's concerned about our young people, our next generation. And when we have politicians that are worried about their next election, are worried about how they're going to implement another program, you're going to get the same thing that we have today politicians that's it so we need statesmen that will say i'm committed to working hard to change the direction of new mexico we can all talk about changing the direction and we can all talk about another program i'm not here to implement another police program we already have plenty of money from the oil and gas industry that supplies what we need for our law enforcement for example you know we don't need another program what we need is someone that as really what we need is leadership that can manage our state is what we need. We need someone that is good with managing our resources here in the state of New Mexico, oil and gas, mining, white sands, missile range. We have all these wonderful resources, but what we have is politicians without principles running our state. What we need is statesmen running New Mexico. Oh, wow, that's bold. And see, this is why I think you're going to be great for lieutenant governor because of your boldness. So, you know, you talk about mismanagement, and we look no further than the last 30 days when everybody's smartphone popped open and it says something like this. Representative Cheryl William Stapleton ripped off the Albuquerque public school system. Mind you, they don't have a penny to spare. They have a penny to spare. It's just being mismanaged. This is what another candidate said. He was kind of talking along the same lines of correcting this mismanagement is what is wherever, I guess, is it courage begins when confidence ends. So let's say um, you're a child and something's happened to your dad or something like this on the farm. You don't have the confidence to get in the car, but you have the courage to get in the car to drive down to the neighbor's house and be like, call 911 or something like this for 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 something that has happened it's going to take courageous people it's going to take courage it's going to take boldness it's going to take uh, it's going to take a god fearing individual man or woman Diana, i really have to say you know this uh individual she's not the only one she's not the only she one is, we don't hear a whole lot about it you know it's kind of hush hush we don't hear a lot of things about it but you know what i can't say that she's the only one the other ones we just haven't found them yet right and you know but it's, it takes more than one person to do what they're doing person. and you know what there has to be other things that are happening at our state capital that we really need to address. That's why I go back to accountability and transparency. We haven't had it in so long, we, we don't even know what it looks like. We don't even know what it looks like. That's even right. if it slapped us in the face, we wouldn't know what yeah. it looked like. You know, uh, it, 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 um, it, this sort of reminds me of the story of Salomon Luna. So he was somebody that was running for governor long, long time ago. Um, you know, the Salomons Luna, or Salomon Luna by the Luna Mansion in Los Lunes, Again, Lunis Luna, and he was running for governor, and he's going across the entire state of New Mexico on horseback, and so is his family and friends, and they're like, vote for Salomon, vote for Salomon, because he had this huge, huge vision. Vote for Salomon, vote for Salomon. He's going to make us a state. And then everybody just had a vision. See, we want to be a state because they understood what statehood meant. So maybe in this hour, in this moment, it will be about what it means to be a statesman, you know, a statesman. Maybe it's it's vote for 
vote for Celise. She's going to make us, she's going to be a statesman for us. So, Diana, I really want to mention, you know, I said statesman a while ago. And um, what's really important is that we have a lot of politicians that are running for office that always talk about, you know, you know, God and country, right? But I always wonder what God they are talking about. There are so many gods out there. Right. And so I just want to be clear that um, as a, a candidate, Isabella Solis running for lieutenant governor, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the one that died and rose again in three days. That's the God I serve. That's the God I'm serving. So I, from here, I would have to literally say that even now that I'm speaking about God, what we are missing in our nation today is God. We have taken God out of our country. We have taken God out of schools. We have taken even taken God out of churches. And so we need to bring God back to our nation and to our state and back to our churches. That's something that our founding fathers established a long time ago. The Constitution was written because of God. That's why it says something like one nation under, under God. God. That's right. And and the same God you speak of is the one they speak of, the one that gave his only son, the one that's walking on water, washing people's sins away. This God, God Almighty, yes. God Almighty. Yes. That's it. You mentioned that that night also because um, being a God-fearing woman is super important too because it understands the natural order of things. Um, like natural death, natural conception, uh, man, woman, child, in that order. That's just kind of the way it goes. Acknowledging that there's gray areas because, you know, this kind of world we live in, but that we're God-fearing women or that, that, that you've declared yourself a God-fearing woman, which is absolutely fabulous. So school, country, and churches, though it seems like school, country, and churches, they're under attack Churches were under attack during COVID lockdown. Schools are under attack. Um, I don't. I don't even know if they say the Pledge of Allegiance anymore in some schools. Uh, um, I mean, you know, I have younger family members, and they come home and they, you know, just discussing school or how to go today at school, nephew. And uh, I'm just like, what? Did you tell your mom about this? And like, is this really happening in school? Really happening in school? It's it's so it's too strange to believe sometimes. It really is, Donna. And so what I am seeing, you know, as my eyes have been opened, even in the as we you were talking about schools and the education system, how the evilness has literally crept into our, you know, education programs. I really feel like I was complicit for a long time because I didn't really pay attention to the education system. I always heard that we were 50th, you know, in the nation. And I kept hearing that over and over from from politicians. But we've not been really paying attention. I think that when critical race theory started popping its head out, I think people came forward and, and realized, oh, my gosh, where are we as a state and as a nation that we're introducing this kind of literature and language to our young babies? Especially in New Mexico, which is still to me to this day, I'm just like, are you serious? Like, this has to be some sort of parody. Is this, like, live? It's Saturday Night Live or something like this, you know? Like, it's just crazy to think that because of the color of your skin, doors will automatically be shut for you, that you will be oppressed your whole entire life, and so will your children, and so will their children based off of this critical race theory, and that there's somebody who will always oppress you. I, it, it just, it, it, like, it astounds me. 
Well, I, you know, Dinah, we can live there, but this is an hour where I see so many people rising up and saying, I'm going to run for city council. I'm going to run for school board. Right. Um, you know, our local elections are booming in Las Cruces because out of, of the Hispanic Conservative Outreach Committee, we had three people step up and say, I'm going to run for school board. I'm going to run for city council. It's hard to find people to run for office because it's a thankless job, if you think about it. <laughs> thankless. Right. right. But you know what? They said, I care about what's happening in our school system. I care about all of these things. So I'm glad that that's happening, and not just in Las Cruces, but in other uh, counties across the state. Right, right. Tell us a little more about this Hispanic um, outreach outreach group it, it um it's it's a new sort of group that was formed well dinah i was the uh, second vice chair of the doniana county republican party mm -hmm. and uh one of my assignments from kim was to be the chair of the hispanic conservative outreach committee mm -hmm. and we were doing really great as a matter of fact maria is part of it as well and uh, now since I've uh, stepped down because I'm running for lieutenant governor, mm -hmm. so they've kind of changed over and started. They're kind of doing the same thing, just under a different name. leadership. Yes, oh, different name. Yes, okay. absolutely. But no, we were working on actually more of a grassroots effort, trying to find people to get engaged in our school board system, the city council, county commissioners, soil and water conservation. So we were trying to find people to get information, be informed, be engaged of what's going on in your community, especially our school system. Absolutely, absolutely, because that's kind of where it starts there. And um, neighborhood associations, I never realized how important they, they were because I had actually attended one or two of them. And there's like four people there all the time, completely boring, and you're just like, I'm out of here. But when they're passing big things, they usually go to city council and say, well, out of the 500, 689 <laughs> uh, community boards that we have or neighborhood uh, associations, everyone's in agreement. And you're like, okay, so five people. <laughs> said yes yeah. is basically what they're saying yeah. so 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 even the smallest is so important it really is even this committee that i was mentioning before you know it's a grassroots effort and to be able to inform our community you know of what is going on i mean just even telling them do you like the gas the gas prices at the pump do you like what you know you're paying for groceries you know you know just to inform them so they can see that there is a difference and i want to go back to um, the education system a little bit. I think that what we need right now is to be able to start talking to teachers unions. I believe with all my heart, like I said a while ago, I was complicit in the education system. And I feel like we all got in the boat with the teachers union and we started flowing downstream with them because we didn't know what was going on. But all of a sudden we're trying to come back upstream. Because you get keep getting hit in the face with branches. <laughs> So it's yeah. like, okay, now we're trying to stop this. So how is this going to work? Right. So it's going to take all of us to stop the teachers' unions from the things that they are enforcing upon our school boards, our teachers, our students. And it's us, we the people, the community that have to say, we don't want PED to be uh, full control. We need parents to get involved. And PED is? The public education like the actual board that 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 presides over all of the districts so yes for so, New Mexico. so i think that we should have more of a local control i think a, right yeah right because i mean i've been to all 33 counties and it's like going to different neighborhoods here in 
in Albuquerque. You have like Martinez Town, the South Valley, the North Valley. You have Barelas. You have all of these little pockets of, of, of neighborhoods. Every, and each one fundamentally different than the other mm-hmm. with different needs, different desires, different culture to some extent i mean we i mean we all share the same culture but it's it's uh it's just divided different and so when i started going to all 33 counties again completely different so it would have to be localized otherwise um have you ever bought something that says one size fits all (laughs) it never fits and it's the worst um t-shirt you could ever buy one size does not fit all it's either tight here or loose here or something or here or somewhere else, you know? (laughs) So anyways, I think we got to take a quick break. Yeah. So we got to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Don't forget to visit us on the web off the cuff, abq.com. Sign up there to be a guest. You can sign up for advertising. We do great, phenomenal, creative advertising. You won't be sorry whatsoever. Find us there. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Hello, New Mexico. This is Mario Montoya with Casa Montoya Realty. When it comes to buying or selling real estate, you need professionals that can guide and educate you through the transaction process. Casa Montoya Realty provides realtors that assist from start to finish, making sure that your real estate transaction is as smooth as possible. As the exclusive Homes for Heroes brokerage in Albuquerque, we are here to give back to our hero buyers and sellers. Call 505-681-3125 or email mario at casamontoyarealty.com to register and for more information. You are the experiment when you take the experimental COVID-19 vaccines. Did you know that according to the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System run by the government that over 900 women have documented miscarriages linked to their COVID-19 shot? COVID-19 vaccines have not been approved for pregnant women or children. Read our reports and hear the facts from a COVID-19 task force whistleblower at abortionfreenm.com. If you want to help us end abortion in New Mexico, visit abortionfreenm.com today. That's abortionfreenm.com. New Mexico's violent crime rate is skyrocketing and the murder count in Albuquerque is at historical highs. Yet judges have released many of hardened criminals. Many are violent repeat offenders back onto our streets because of loopholes created by recent bail reform measures. If you want a safer New Mexico, go to the website mañanamejor.com. Get involved. Do it today. That's mañanamejor.com. ABQ Guns is the only women veteran-owned firearm store and has the largest blue label store in New Mexico offering special pricing for first responders and military. ABQ Guns carries Sig Sauer, Glock, CZUSA, FNUSA, and Smith & Wesson with non-inflated pricing. Visit us at abqguns.com. ABQ Guns has the best customer service in New Mexico. Mention Off the Cuff and receive a 5% discount on all accessory items. Visit us at abqguns.com. Everybody, welcome back to Off the Cuff ABQ. It's not for the easily offended. I'm your host, Dinah Vargas. I'm in the house today. I'm in the hot box today with Isabel Solis. She is running for lieutenant governor. She's running as a statesman. That means that she cares about the culture, the history, the transparency, the representation of people. In this moment, it will not be about the red or the blue. It's going to be about we, the people, is what I remember her saying the night of September 4th, 2021. It was profound. If you'd like to visit that last broadcast, go to Off the Cup ABQ under podcast. 
click on the episode after September 4th, which would have been the 7th, I believe that would have been Monday, or somewhere along the lines. So welcome back, Lieutenant Governor, or candidate for Lieutenant Governor. I could see Lieutenant Governor Solis. That's exactly who I am. <laughs> I could <laughs> In see case you don't, right, don't, right. don't remember. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. Lieutenant <laughs> Governor, yeah. I could totally, um, uh, that name fits. I think it could fit. Absolutely. So goals and priorities. Every candidate has goals and priorities of their own. What are yours? So thank you for that question, Diana. I really appreciate that. I really have to say that um, as a lieutenant governor, I would support whoever that governor will be of I guess in the, in, the, in the near future, we'll find out who that is. Right. So I will support the initiatives that the governor has. I will be a team player working with the governor to make sure that we pass initiatives across New Mexico that are going to work for everyone, not just a certain group or a certain community, but that we're going to be effective across the state of New Mexico. So I'm hoping that whoever is the governor... I believe that we all kind of have similar ideas. Maybe they're not exactly the same. You know, we all mm -hmm. have different ideas and thoughts. But uh, one of my things that I would do is to work closely with the governor and to be of a helpmate and to be that chief spokesperson when the governor is not available to do this, that, or the other. I will be there to take on that role, to be able to push out in the community that we are doing something, that we are working, that people know that the governor is working on the initiatives that he promised or she right. promised to do. So that's one of the things that I would do as lieutenant governor. Now, my team and I, first and foremost, are complete supporters of law enforcement. I don't think we need another program for law enforcement. You know, I mentioned earlier that we do get funding from the oil and gas industry for public safety. So I think that what we need is to be able to manage those dollars. I don't agree with defending the, defunding the police, excuse me. Uh, I think we need to support and provide the tools and the training that they need. So we are in full support of that, just to let you know right off the cuff. <laughs> right off the cuff. That's I like right. this. And so uh, <clears throat> some of my goals and priorities as a lieutenant governor, as I will serve this office, it will be an office that I want people to feel they can trust me with it. A lot of people say the lieutenant governor doesn't do much, but I believe that if you trust me, just like the people trusted me as a county commissioner to get things done for them, it will be the same thing. So I will need your vote. But some of one, one of the priorities that's important to me is traveling the state, all 33 counties, Dinah, to check, talk with, different agencies, the fire department, the county managers. I want to know what's going on in each county. It's important to constituents. Perhaps there are things that haven't happened in years. For example, Barry Patch was over a decade and nobody addressed it. I came in and I said, let's do something about it. So I want to hear what people have to say in all those counties. That's one of the things that I'm interested in. I'm not only going to be president of the Senate for the session and say I'm done until next session. I will be very active throughout the state, uh, and it's going to be a job. You're hiring me to get the job done, and so here I am today. So Willing to do the job and ready to do the job. That's right. That's yes. it. Yes. So I'm passionate about helping uh, families, our state, become successful. 
I think and I believe with all my heart that I'm going to be part of the solution and not the problems that we have. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can see that happen. Uh, the mantra of determination here, because there's a certain level of determination that you need in order to embark in, in, in such a huge, huge kind of um, candidacy, huge election. I know for me, I thought touring, you know, these little neighborhoods within District 10 was a chore, but to tour all 33 counties and then everything within the 33 counties, you're from a little bit of rural New Mexico, so you understand that simply going to Hidalgo County is miles distance between one and the next within the same county. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be challenging, but I think it's fun. gonna be rewarding at the end right. of the day. Because as your lieutenant governor, at the end of the day, I'm gonna tell you this is what I produced, this is what I did, and this is how we're gonna prosper because of some of the things that maybe have been hidden for a long time, and people were asking for help, but they never got it. Right, right. And then we could see um, in the end how how you measure up. Because I think it's that at the end of the day, how many times have you gotten a promise from somebody knocking on your door? If you're lucky to have somebody knock at your door anymore, because sometimes that's non-existent and they, and they promise you everything. At least this was what I remember 10, even maybe 12 years ago, fast forward to today, you might get something in the mail, but, but, but there's no promises made anymore. And so a promise made in New Mexico, as you know, is a promise kept. And so it sounds to me like, your goals and your priorities are are promises. You well, promise Dinah, to be transparent. I, would, I, I don't make promises to people, you right. know, that I can't keep. Right. I do commit to working right. hard on those things that I'm mentioning. Yes, yes. But uh, transparency, to fight against vaccine passports, to support life, to support the Second Amendment, um, not to create these extra little cabinets or committees or another program where more money is going to be wasteful at, like law enforcement, because that money is already there, to protect children, all of these types of things. Um, yeah, maybe a commitment is, is maybe the better word versus promise. But it, but it's, it's, it's in the end something that could be measured, and it's something that's dear to your ha heart because it doesn't matter what office you've ran for; it's the same platform. It is, Dinah. It's the same platform. Absolutely. And uh, one more thing that's well, I have a couple of other things, but small businesses have always been important to me because my daddy started his business. That's the way he supported our family, mm -hmm. and it was uh, he didn't believe in education. But we, we made him a believer, you know, right. after I'd received my degree. So small businesses have been really important to be able to provide some sort of initiative to help small business owners to become prosperous in our community. As you well know, so many have shut down due to the pandemic we had and uh, I just kind of destroying lives that way. Right. But working with small businesses as I travel across the 33 counties, that's another part of that that I will address, see what their small businesses need, what works for them, what doesn't work. I'm thinking in my own mind how I would could support perhaps a 10% cut somewhere to be able to help small businesses. It's kind of like a plan that I'm kind of thinking on and how it's going to be more effective. I don't... I have it laid out, but I'm, I'm not ready to share that right now, but I, am, I have a plan for small businesses. The other thing that I'm concerned about, of course, we've talked about the um, education system and the teachers' unions as well, but the lastly is uh, election integrity. Yes, yes. And all of this is trust. 
Yes. It all boils down to trust. Where can we find all of this at? Where can we go to donate? Where can we go to find out how to sign your petition? You're still in the petition phase of getting signatures? We just got those petitions, Dinah, and we are collecting nominee signatures uh, you know, for the Republican Party nominee. You can go to Isabella4LG.com. That's my website to donate. I welcome donations of any size from a dollar to to the max. I would appreciate the support. Uh, really do need it right now. Uh, we're out on the trail and we're excited about what we're doing. Absolutely. So that's Isabella4, as in F-O-R, lg.com i-s-a-b-e-l-l-a isabella just yes just how it sounds for lg.com go there find out more about the platform donate um attend an event it's always way better in person i always say you got to see it in person it's like a concert nobody wants to watch the video of the concert <laughs> you want to be at the concert right so what else do you have for us? So uh, election integrity is something that uh, a lot of constituents are concerned. So many people across the state. Uh, some people don't feel like we need to address this. Others do. But as your lieutenant governor, I would address it because if it's a concern to you, it'll be a concern to me. Right. I feel like we should review the election code. I think that we need to ask legislators to present legislation to have forensic audits included in the election code. Uh, to be able to request the Secretary of State to be able to have some type of rotation on their vendors, on their machines, to make sure that they're certified yearly. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know that they've been certified in a very long time. I don't have the answer to that, but I'm trying to find the answer to see when was the last time that a Dominion machine was certified and, you know, to be able to have that on a rotation basis. And I'm all for voter ID. I believe we should have voter ID, so that's another push that we need. And working together, hopefully across the aisle and with people, you know, I think that in this hour, if we don't win elections in 2022, I don't know what's going to happen to our country or to our state. I feel like we're in a very critical moment in history that we've never been here before. Shutdowns, mandates, ordering people around, those kind of things. This is not the America that I know that my grandpa would probably turn over in his grave. You know, he came here from Mexico, you know, and so he would turn over in his grave to know that this is not the America that he knows where it's the land of the free, where we have opportunities to be able to be entrepreneurs, to be whatever it is that we need to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Always hot, always hot on the dais, Isabella Solis. She's running for Lieutenant Governor of the great state of New Mexico. You can see her, visit her on Isabella4LG.com. And if somebody wanted to have a meet and greet with you, I bet all they have to do is contact you there at the website. Absolutely. And they can also contact uh, Marie, and her number is 505-575-639-0621 is her number. And you can contact Marie, and she'll be happy to set up a meet and greet. I am having one coming up October 14th in Las Cruces at the Picacho Hills Country Club. 
That sounds like a ton of fun. I'm going to try to attend. Like I'd love to like have I you, said. Dinah. Absolutely. So again, um, Marie's phone number is 575-639-0621. That's 575-639-0621. Or simply go to Isabella4LG.com. It's real kind of simple. Get involved. Get your family involved. Get your neighbors involved. We have Kimberly Skaggs on every Wednesday, and she's always speaking of this positive change, Operation Freedom. And what that means is it starts in your house. It starts where you prepare your food, where you eat your food, and where you pray. From there, outside of your home, you go house by house, block by block, and then county by county. This is how, this is a game plan. Yeah. It's yeah. a game plan to win. Anyways, yes, to win. Absolutely. To win. Absolutely. What else do you have for us? We have well, just a little bit of time left, and I, I want to make sure I give you all the opportunity um, to to uh, reach out to any voters here in Bernalillo County. You're going to be back to Bernalillo County. Because it's yes. the biggest county. Diana, I just want to tell you that it's been an honor to be on your show. And to me, it is a great honor to serve the great people of New Mexico it is in my heart to be able to do so. It takes a lot of work, and it is, like I said before, a thankless job, but I'm honored to be able to serve my community and my constituents, and I need your vote on June 7th, 2022, for Lieutenant Governor of the state of New Mexico. I need your support. I need your donations. I need people to come and sign my petitions to be able to get on the ballot to be your candidate for Lieutenant Governor. That's it there at the end of the day. Just one more time, Isabella for algae.com. Isabella for algae.com. Feel free to reach out to Maria at 575-639-0621. It, it, there is no time like now to get out and vote. If you want your voice heard, you have to vote for people who are willing to represent that vote, that voice through their vote. And so get registered uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, specifically west of the river, which is Albuquerque West Side, South Valley, because I contact a lot of people. I'm engaged a lot of times. There is a huge group of people who are unregistered, who who would otherwise be legitimately able to register to vote. So get registered. It's real simple. You just log on to the New Mexico Secretary of State's office. Uh, you can contact this station to get you registered. You can contact um, the Solias camp. Anybody would be happy to get you registered to vote. Register to vote. Let's flip these seats. Let's make history. Vote for Salomon. He's going to make us a state. <laughs> Vote for Salias. She is a statesman. She is going to represent the great state of New Mexico in the spirit of faith, family, and freedom. So that's all the time that we have. And to you, Miss Elise, thank you very much for honoring me. It was truly a great pleasure to have you here. You're one of those New Mexico women. You're one of my favorite New Mexico women. Thank and you. I God bless you, Dinah. Thank God bless, you. God bless you, too. So that's it, New Mexico. It's Friday, Freestyle Friday. Won't see you till Monday because we got weekends off. <laughs> Just kidding. We're, we're working the entire weekend because we got new studios, which I'm super excited to be showing you hopefully next week. So we have a political problem because we have a spiritual problem. We have an absence of God and a presence of evil. Let's tell the story our way. It's time for our state and our lives to experience something new. We must make different choices individually and collectively. If in your heart to feel defined something new, there is a place for each of us. We will all fit in. Prosperity is rooted in the promise made and a promise made is a promise kept. New Mexico must be a story 
of prosperity rising to the top of the agenda. New Mexico will rekindle hope where it has been lost, establish it where it never flourished, and support it when it is flickering. We'll see you Monday, New Mexico.